This episode is in collaboration with Parsec Sabres. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me here as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there, he can't believe it's not winter, it's Luke Bly, Master Blywalker, how you doing mate? Oi oi Savaloy, yeah deep cut mate, Uh, before the podcast I was like, is it, no it's autumn still, it's autumn and Matt and I spent about 10-15 minutes trying to figure out when winter (laughs) actually begins and some people on the internet are like, oh it's 21st December, it's earlier than that isn't it? I don't know, I don't know. I would have said end of November, maybe the first week of December, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Well, look, it's, it's it's rock and roll here at Star Wars Sessions uh, HQ, yeah? Nah. <laughs> but, of, well, speaking of rock and roll, mate, yeah, well, yeah. by the time you're listening to this, oh. uh, da, 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 that doesn't give any clues away, mate. Galactic Empire, mm. the heavy metal, unauthorised Star Wars covers band, um, hit London. They hit the underworld Camden. Guess who else hit the underworld Camden? Me, Bly, Olaf done we were there we were having a laugh with galactic empire it's mental isn't it who goes to see a heavy metal band who just plays <laughs> instrumental covers of star wars songs <laughs> we do don't we this is what we do yeah, yeah just us <laughs> i can't wait to see it looks like all their tu- all their shows there's a good turnout though you know so oh, i bet well actually they've only got one show in london as well haven't they so i bet it'll be popular yeah 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 it's a shame it's on a on a Tuesday night that is a bit mm. of a weird day to serve but you know I, I suppose they've got to cram all of Europe in they were in Paris I think on Monday night this week oh. on the 6th so mate it's going to be it's going to be a really good laugh I've got their record I've got their record on vinyl their last yeah. album on vinyl so when did what? you get that? Um, when did I get that? July? maybe? maybe June? man yeah he's keeping yeah, secrets from me this guy is yeah, I was going to upload, and I will do. I'm, I'm sure I'll do it. But uh, I was going to upload like a real TikTok of me opening the bad boy. And I'm like, oh, mate, the artwork's cool, the soundtrack's cool, everything's cool. Yeah, can't wait for it, mate. Going to be a good laugh, Camden Underworld. But if you're listening, you're thinking, oh, let me get some tickets. Too late, mate. Yeah. Bit late. So maybe they've got some shows. I think they've got some shows elsewhere. I know they're Good in Birmingham morning. this weekend. Right? Doing Whilst you're doing that, mate, if anybody can hear yeah. a siren in the background, it isn't the Death Star. It ain't the trench run. Somebody outside of my gaff has their car alarm on. So I do apologise. Oh, I'm waiting for them sorry. to turn it off. But my back over to the just off. 
My phone's just going off. I've gone. I've gone on to the galactic. This is a chaotic show, isn't it? Already, and this is not an episode. This is not an episode we want to be chaotic for, yeah? Because no, we're back though. This is this is a well planned episode that's been in the pipeline (laughs) for ages. Yeah, um, let's have a look. Manchester, Glasgow, Birmingham. Yeah, they're going to be, and then there's like Frankfurt. In Germany, we have a lot of listeners in Germany, by the way. Did you know that? Yeah. Hello. Like, our listenership Hello. in Germany is like shot up. Um, Prague, Copenhagen, ha- Hamburg, Warsaw, and Berlin. So there you go, mate. That's what's remaining. If anyone's uh, listening in any of those cities, go and grab a ticket. Yeah? Google yes, it. Yes, I don't know. I'm yes, not going to link them. Well, here yeah, we can't link it because maybe gone by then. Also, we're not affiliated with them, so sell your own tickets, guys. So, yeah, uh, Galactic on. Empire, we love it, love them. Hopefully, they put on a good show for us. We know that they will. But that isn't the only Galactic goodness we've got this week, mate. Because I can hear, other than that car alarm, I can hear the sounds of Big Ben Kenobi in the background, my friend. Which you and I know means only one thing, my friend. Tell us all. Yeah, it's Galactic News Round. Yeah, come on. Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures has been honoured with five nominations in the second annual Children's and Family Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Preschool Animated Series. StarWars.com released seven new concept art images of major High Republic Phase 3 characters, including Jedi Masters Avar Chris and Porter Engel, as well as Niall leader Martian Rowe, and more. Mark Hamill teamed up with NASCAR and Columbia to reveal a new Star Wars themed car inspired by the X-Wing design. The car will be driven by Bubba Wallace. Hi, this is Kenny Lee. This is Roger Christian. This is Misty Roses. This is Vanessa Marshall. This is Mike Quinn. I played Nine Numb in the Star Wars movies. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. My man, we're talking music to kick the show off. We're going to continue talking music for the next hour or so. We are talking the music of Star Wars, but maybe not as you know it, or certainly the old guard. John Williams has been the linchpin, the heart and the soul of Star Wars since 1977 and has provided the soundtrack to so many of our lives through Star Wars and also his vast body of work outside of the franchise. That phrase, though, that doesn't feel very Star Wars. That feels un-Star Wars. It's used quite Mm. a bit and has been since Return of the Jedi and the prequel. So whether you agree with that phrase or not, surely, surely, surely that would also apply to the music. For decades, Star Wars music's had a feeling, it's had a certain sound and a DNA that just clicks. But in recent times, we've seen new composers don the wand to score releases. And that's what we're talking about this week. Star Wars music outside of John Williams. Lukey boy, do you remember... Before Rogue One came out, there was a lot of talk about uh, Michael Giacchino being the first composer to score a film outside of Williams. But Mm. there have been other composers before Michael Giacchino that aren't John Williams, and there's been many more since, hasn't there? Oh, yeah, big time, mate. But John Williams has become synonymous with Star Wars and also Hollywood to some extent. You know, is, is there another film composer as big 
as John Williams. If you're being truthful, nope. yeah, it's it's no, right? Because no. Jaws, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones, E.T., there are so many soundtracks this guy has done. And he's not only done them, mate, but it's outstanding. A lot of his work is absolutely outstanding. It's iconic. It's everything. And, uh, you know, in, in the lead up to this episode, um, my my appreciation of John Williams is already sky high, but it's actually gone higher because so many of the musicians that we're going to talk about praise John Williams so highly. Like everyone, anyone who, or any anyone who's an anyone in music will compliment and praise John Williams because they recognise the talent. They recognise just how iconic and historical his work is. And arguably, hey, listen, maybe we're a bit, a bit biased, mate. Arguably, some of his best work ever is in Star Wars, mate. And I think, you know, part of that is because of the space he was in, you know, when he uh, went and, and made Star Wars, you know, coming out of, I think, l- losing a significant other. He really channeled that into yep. his music. Um, and for such a long time, mate, people were like, oh, it's always going to be John Williams doing Star Wars music. And you'd, you'd be forgiven for thinking that because we weren't to know there was going to be, you know, The Mandalorian, Rogue One, Solo, the video games, yeah? And although all of these musicians borrow John Williams or maybe use the main theme here and there or, you know, flirt with the force theme, they work around it. And in fact, it's it's been really nice seeing that actually they don't always – want to copy Williams. They want to they wanna leave their own mark on a galaxy far, far away. But, mate, what a job. I don't envy it. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being like Michael Giacchino or like Kevin Kiner back in like the 2007, 2008 and being told, mate, you're going to be like the first composer to do work outside of John Williams' Star Wars. You know, And we're not talking about like Ewok films or anything like that. That's for probably another episode, but... We're talking about the main stuff here, right, mate? You know, the big boys. And then, the and, boys. and then, listen, there, there were games in between the, yeah. the the OT and the prequel. So we kind of, yeah, we'll reference those maybe here and there. But in terms yeah. of your, your live action or animated, I can't imagine what the pressure was like being the guy. Like, you know what? We, could, we, we need somebody to score seasons and seasons worth of stuff for us. Who should we pick? Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. Can, no, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine that, mate. Especially especially when you, when at this point George was still there and George and John Williams are uh, akin to Steven Spielberg and John Williams. They're just kind of cut peas in a pod at this point. So when yeah. you've got, you know, when you've got the maker watching over you, I bet it was tough, but um, yeah, should we get, we're going to kick off chronologically, aren't we mate, from what we're looking at as the kind of earliest post John Williams composer to the newest one. And every now and then, you know, we'll, we'll sprinkle a few things in because some of these composers have uh, done multiple pieces of work with yeah. Star Wars. But, Lukey boy, don't leave us uh, in hooks anymore. Kick us off, mate, please. Well, I, me- I yeah, please. yeah, mate, but I, I mentioned already this absolute sickhead. He's an honorary sickhead. It's <laughs> Kevin Kiner. And we've hunted down some audio. Uh, mate, let's play it. Let's listen to it. Let's react to it. I had to get into my head that I'm not John. Nobody is John. And, and... And yet I wanted to do some kind of an homage to him, obviously, and, and I wanted to try to bridge my sound with his sound. 
Hommage. I've come up with some of my own themes because now we have new characters. I'm really proud of Ahsoka's theme. I, I think it's 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 one of the better themes I've written, and, and again, it was just one of those things that just happened on on chance, you know. I'm Ahsoka. Master Yoda sent me. You may think if you're going to do something tender, you you might do it in major, so you might go, you know, I'm in G here, and but that was just like too happy. So so I, I said, well, let's try G minor. So I come up with this. So my melody is going to be this. So I thought, okay, what's a you know what's a good chord for after the G minor? Would be a typical chord. And I'm like, well, that's really lame. Everybody's done that, you know. So instead of going to the F, I, I go to an E flat. And see the G, just right there to me. There she is. Well, that's lame. Everyone's done that. <laughs> Everyone else is lame. <laughs> Go on, Carlos. That, that was my Kevin Kiner impression, mate. Do you like it? Do you mind it? Good for a start of a 10. Okay. All right. I'll I'll take that. I think that's a backhanded compliment, but yeah, I'll, I will <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll take that. No, it's not my George. What is, mate? What is? But, y- you it. know... I love there's that acknowledgement of look I I'm not John Williams I'm not going to try and be John Williams yeah there's there's that immediate recognition of like the master and apprentice which yep. I don't know there's some poetry there isn't isn't there look, you know you've got Anakin and Ahsoka and he's obviously scoring Ahsoka's theme and who'd thought I bet I bet mate if I bet twenty p down at Paddy Power. I don't really, but like I bet 20p down at Paddy Power that, you know, Kevin Kiner had no idea that his um, remarkable score for Ahsoka would still be in use in 2023 for a live action Ahsoka Star Wars series. That is mad, mate. What a job to land. Could you imagine getting that job, getting that gig and it's still paying? In, I'm, 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 I don't want to make it transactional or anything, but I am a little bit. But how cool is that, mate? What he's a... dining off that theme for the last few years. You know, he can, af- yeah. he can afford the good steak with that. But no, honestly, it's yeah. you know that f- when we first heard the theme in in the Jedi, the Mandalorian episode, that was that was kind of ethereal almost. And then, of course, yeah, it's transcended into Ahsoka, the, its own series, and it's crazy. And of course, then with that series. That then mixes in with the work that he did on on Rebels as well, because uh, Kiner has kind of been all over the shop. He's done the Clone Wars, he's done Rebels, he's done Bad Batch. He's been mm. around the block. The guy is trusted at Lucasfilm, and I love that for 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 Kevin because even at the beginning, we've almost kind of bought it full circle in that the first guy to score a major Star Wars project, po- like outside of John Williams, Kevin Kiner, he's still there now in the house doing the big jobs he's not just doing animation which is a huge job mm. he's now doing mm. the ahsoka series and by all accounts he'll probably be doing that mandalorian 
film as well if if maybe alongside Ludwig Johansson but mate it's quality and what what Kevin's done is his evolution since he started in the Clone Wars up until now is insane really is I mean his music in the Clone Wars really captures the spirit of when it needs to there's that kind of militaristic vibe to it there is a hopeful playful vibe and there's a mournful vibe but the further on it gets you can tell that Kevin Kiner is growing as a musician. And I hope he wouldn't mind me saying that because he was great to start with, but he got better and better. Rebels is another example. Rebels season one score, good, pretty good. By the end of season four, astonishing. Because like a good composer, like John Williams, which he doesn't want to be compared to as such, but influenced by, you take your themes and you expand them with each season to match the character's growth in the arc. And that's what he does so well, Kevin Kiner. And it was no surprise that so many fans were so excited when Kevin Kiner was announced to be scoring Ahsoka. And mm. he he's now a mainstay in, in, the st- in the series, and he's created new anthems. Like you said, that Ahsoka theme, mate, means so much to so many people. It's, it's amazing. And you know, the, straight out of the blocks, our first composer outside of uh, the Maestro already has a handful of classic classic star wars themes already mate with with ahsoka and more i love it mate i love it and it's what a lovely way to start this conversation someone who as of recording this episode in november 2023 he's kind of started off this you know split from john williams in canonical star wars or big you know big star wars with the clone wars and i don't think he probably understood how big that would become I'd agree. And he is also the most recent person to start to to score a Star War, yeah, in Ahsoka this year, only a few weeks ago. So, mate, I'm really happy to start with 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 Kevin Kiner. I'd love to give it get him on the show, mate. Oh my days, that would be a dream, wouldn't Come it? On, Kevin. That would be an absolute dream. Come on, mate, sort it out. Kevin, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> you ain't doing nothing else mate you finish Ahsoka get on the show but but on Ahsoka though mate yeah. how many times on those recaps were we saying oh. even if the episodes were floundering here and there to yeah. some of our opinions the music was consistent he, he oh, brought yeah. his A game from animation to slightly longer form live action to a wider audience and that was the one of the things that was almost universally praised was the music and that's from people who aren't yeah and reviewers and critics who aren't Clone Wars and Rebel Heads, Doug Kiner's music. And, you know, he's got a vast array of um, tools and talent at his disposal. He's not just orchestral, but he has come full circle now. And he's leading the way almost, leading the charge now for the Mm. composers outside of the maestro. That's, that's, yeah, good point. Yeah, I suppose he, I suppose he would be the, maybe the second most prominent Star Wars composer now, right? I'd say so. Yeah, maybe. By body of work, at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably like what you've already hinted at, mate, probably for the future as well. You know, I think his his work will probably, I'd imagine, go beyond the TV shows even and maybe even to cinema. You know, the new Ray film. Yeah, John Williams ain't going to be doing that, is he? They're going to use, obviously, Star Wars themes, aren't they? You just know it. You can't. Ray theme will be there. Yeah, exactly. But uh, someone else has got to score it. But I think this this list just uh, made me realize 
how many talented people are working in Star Wars as a brand. And you can tell, you you and I will say, yeah, like modern era Lucasfilm doesn't always make the right choices. Yeah, Creative Love, <laughs> I think they've made a lot of right choices. But once or twice, things things just don't always land or for whatever reason, blah de blah de blah But I think when it comes to music, for the most part, the music has been exceptional. And they've, they've had a brilliant brilliant mix of talent working on these star wars projects and mate speaking of talent you know uh michael giacchino yeah talented guy he, he actually he, he actually did one of my favorite pieces of film uh music from up yeah you know the oh, disney pixar film oh, up. yeah i mate, know that film dude that mate that score is tremendous absolutely tremendous and uh this guy got a chance to do a cheeky bit of star wars in rogue one and this is our first time first time hearing someone outside of john williams compose a star wars soundtrack for the cinema Michael Giacchino, mate, had less than a month, pretty much, to come up with this score. And he gave us something as wonderful as Your Father Would Be Proud, amongst many other tunes on this soundtrack, on this score. Now, I I dug this the first time I heard it. I can't sit here and say every single song I came out of the theatre thinking, that was a banger. I remember every single Mm. one of them. I remember that one we've just heard. And I remember a few other ones as well, like um, A Long Road Ahead, I think, the one that plays as that kind of really odd Rogue One title card comes up that looks like it was boshed up by the temp. Um, I, I remember digging that, thinking that was really cool. But um, Giacchino's, by this, he's been around the block and it was supposed to be Alexandre Desplat who mm. was doing this. He was hired because he'd worked on Godzilla and a few other things before then and has since gone on to win Oscars for Shape of Water and other things. I'd have loved to have heard his score, but... Giacchino came in during post-production and he scored it within a month and he incorporated John Williams themes throughout but he himself has said I've been looking through his interviews Giacchino said 95 to 98 percent of the score is fresh and it's original with elements and cues from John Williams score and I think that's something that goes over I don't want to say like uh you know people aren't listening but it goes over a lot of people's heads that mm. this is yeah there are there are clearly themes in here from Star Wars or motifs from A New Hope. But the majority of this is entirely new. And uh, Giacchino had a military background in terms of video games. He did Call of Duty and Medal of Honor. So he's done things like that. And obviously Rogue One, spoiler for anyone who's seen it, is essentially a war film in space. But Giacchino came in with that pedigree and he's, and and, and using that ethereal word again, there's, there's such a cool range of instruments here in this you've got a timpani which is a big old heavy drum that don williams himself actually came in to help out with there's a lot of percussion there's um, there's synth there's electric guitar through this yeah and that is what um, we're going to see i think talking through these composers now is we're not just talking about the big you know, 100 piece orchestras we are now seeing different instruments and in different um, areas of instruments coming in and changing the game and what i found interesting mate is when they when 
Giacchino was being interviewed, he said when he was speaking with Gareth Edwards, Tony Gilroy, who was at this point brought on board, and Kathy Kennedy, he said in terms of the process of writing this, because we didn't have long, he said what he, yeah. what we actually ended up talking about is just the emotion of it. The less you talk about the music and the more you talk about emotion of what's happening on screen, the easier he understood what he needed to do. And I think this is a great score, mate. I really do. It's grown on me even more, but I, it grew on you, didn't it? Yeah, it, it definitely was a grower for me because, like, if I'm being completely honest, like a lot of the music on this list mm-hmm. of 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 work in Star Wars, it, it sometimes takes a, f- a few viewings for it to sink in, right? Like, what what we just played is so iconic now, you know? And when you're listening, even while you're talking, I'm thinking... Oh, this is yeah. the bit where Vader turns up and, <laughs> goes, and then it goes to quiet. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. And it's music is such a magical storytelling device, isn't it? Yeah. Michael Giacchino just gets, he gets the emotion, like you said, just spot on in a lot of this film. Um, I just want to uh, pen- pencil in like a point that you mentioned that he didn't actually have that long to to make this score. No. But in, in an interview with Collider uh, that he did in 2017, he actually said, it feels like in hindsight that that was actually like more, more or less, yeah, I haven't got the quote in front of me, but more or less it was like a blessing, yeah, because if it nice. had more time, he thinks like he, he may have just overthought the process a little bit. Yeah, he didn't want to overthink it. And that the fact that he didn't have a lot of time to to create the score, it kind of meant he just had to express himself. Yeah, but he'd grown up with Star Wars. He, he had all his Star Wars. He still has all of his Star Wars figures, Kenner figures from the 70s and 80s. So he's already a Star Wars fan. So if you grew up with this stuff, and he is well aware of who John Williams is, you know, it it might come a bit more naturally to you to go, okay, I think I know what you mean. I think I know what I can do for this. I think I can do this. Because and that, that's got to be one of the only explanations, mate, because how on earth does a bloke create a film soundtrack in four weeks like this? I can't believe it, mate. I, I yeah. can't believe it. It's <laughs> extraordinary. It's extraordinary, mate. Michael Giacchino, what a lad. Love it. Rogue One, pff, come on. Masterpiece, mate. Come on. We love it. Number one, mate. Yeah, mate, uh, 100%. The, the the themes throughout this, you've got Jin Erso's theme and the Hope Suite, the 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 choral interjection when Vader's slicing falls down. You've got the yeah. drums of Jeddah, uh, which are fantastic. Oh. You, I know you love that, don't you? I like I like the bit where it goes, oh, <laughs> when it cuts to Jeddah. Yeah, yeah, when it comes, to yeah. and and you know George Lucas always uh, when he when he worked with John Williams, but also you f- you see this in The Mandalorian, you see this in Solo, which you know all of these we're going to get to shortly. Uh, they want to convey culture, don't they? In in yeah. the music, right? So the Cantina Band, great example. Jabba's ba- Palace, great example. You're hearing jazzy nightclubby far far away stuff right on Tatooine you're kind of hearing something that you do associate with desert because maybe it's influenced by Arabian music right there is just there's so much there is so 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 much and music is so powerful have you seen those uh clips on YouTube of 
famous iconic scenes in Star Wars without the music, right? Like the medal <laughs> ceremony. Yes. It just, it's so weird. Yeah. You're like, all right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think you can level that as some of, uh, certainly Rogue One and some of the other films. Can you imagine that scene with the two Star Destroyers crashing over Scarif without the uh, Your Father Will Be Proud tune? It was, imagine putting something else over that. Something about that just works, especially when it's then cross-cutting with Jin and Cassian, um, you know, heading heading to the beach to die, and um, Krennic being blown up by the weapon that he created as well. There's so much going on, but the music is holding its hand and saying, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to take it to the next yeah. level. Yeah, and we, and we even do this in real life, don't we? Yeah, people walk down the aisle to music, and people are even sent off at funerals to music. Yeah, so there, there, there is always music present in a lot of culture and in a lot of circumstances across the world. So may, music is vital. It's one of the pleasures in life. From Rogue One, mate, a Star Wars story, our first ever spinoff, which was a huge risk, by the way. All of that was a huge risk. Yeah, that whole yeah. film. And it's so easy for us to look back and go, oh, one of the best Star Wars projects. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Maybe it is. And I do think it is, actually, especially in it terms is. of modern projects. It, well, you love it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. It's not quite It's not quite Return of the Jedi, mate. Yeah, it's not quite Return of the Jedi, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely... No, nah, that's it. It's definitely <laughs> up there. It's so easy to lose sight of the pressure someone like Michael Giacchino would have been under. And so... So thank you for a masterpiece. Your father would be proud. Top tier oh. Star Wars music. Top, top, top tier. Papa. And John Papa Williams. Chikino. Great, but flipping heck. That mate. it's up there, isn't it? It's up and that's, there. That's what we want, mate. We want all these composers to be bringing their own themes. We want new tunes to challenge the great themes, mate. So like you say, Rogue One gave us Michael Giacchino. Then we had The Last Jedi, John Williams coming back. He's loving life. Solo, a Star Wars story, though, mate. The Outlier mm. came out in May. This was um, helmed by John Powell, who's done you know, How to, How to Train Your Dragon, lots of animated stuff, and a lot of live-action stuff. And he's a very, very, very capable composer. But yep. let's talk about how well he did when he came into the galaxy far, far away. Twenty eighteen, mate. That's when the sessions began, right? It is. April was <laughs> it? Our first episode was in April twenty eighteen. Sometime I've got the date just on me before Solo. Yeah, yeah, it was that, yeah, 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 yeah. It was so Solo. I know. I always kind of have a little <laughs> have a little jab at Solo every <laughs> Here now we and goes. then. The music is really decent. The music is really, really decent in Solo. There are some great, great moments. But for me, mate, I feel like this is the most John williams yeah? And I feel like if you did have a lot of time, like what Michael Giacchino said, yeah? he had If he had had more time, he'd maybe overthink it a little bit and he'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, it needs to be more, quote-unquote, Star Wars-y. I feel like John Powell did that. He wanted to stay in the lane of Star Wars-y, quote-unquote, music and, and maybe play it a little bit safe. At times, at times, not always, at times. Yeah. But still, still, still decent, still decent. This is where you're going to come along and tell me, oh, I think it's the best, isn't it? It's best. 
No, what you um, <laughs> no, but no. I think it is good. It's this is the yeah. one I think for me now out of all of them, out of the movies anyway, where it took me a little bit longer to get on board. Maybe a bit like you with Rogue. This is my Rogue One for you, where I liked it. I was like, it's pretty cool. I remember certain tunes in the cinema, like um, I think it's Savarine Standoff, which is Enfys Nest on, on the sand. You've got I'm just writing that down. He's I'm got, writing that down on my pad right now. I was going to mention synergy, that next. Mate. We've well, you've got the, they've got this. Right. What, what John next. Powell does <laughs> next, he, bring, <laughs> <laughs> he brings in this big old Bulgarian women's choir because he wanted to add set this new dynamic. He could have just gone to yeah. London Symphony and got the lads to do it and demand them, but you know, he, he went to Bulgaria and got the Bulgarian choir to add this what he wanted to be this almost he said otherworldly sound. Not sure what the people of Bulgaria think about that, Eastern Europe, but otherworldly. <laughs> But it, it does add a different dimension, and it is John Williamsy in the sense that you know, Battle of the Heroes, Duel of the Fates, and and um, a Jedi's Fury, they all have that choir behind them, and many others yes. as well. But I agree with yes. you, mate. I think this is also part of the reason why I look at this as the most kind of George Lucasy of the lot because it's an adventure film, but also the score feels so John Williams at times. But it still is. John Powley. It's got big percussion. It's got big old brass yeah. numbers. It's got, but this also, also you've got Vuvuzelas. You've got funk music in solo. You've got so much going on in the background to change the DNA a little bit. And speaking of which, John Powell said, I try to keep in mind the DNA of how John writes, which is flow and polyphony and melody. And of course, an incredibly interesting rhythmic use of the orchestra. So again, John Powell coming out straight up and saying, what John did is the template, the blueprint. I wanted to build upon that. And there are some great tunes on this, mate. Obviously, John Williams came back to score The Adventures of Han, which is Han Solo's theme. He came back to do that. But the rest is John right. Powers. He kind of weaves through dif- different genres to um, different levels of success. I really love Lando's Closet, which is a proper sweeping love song. L3 and the Falcon's very cool. And there's a lot of pace to this score sometimes like you've just heard that was called into the more there's a lot of kind of fast paced tunes that kind of really get your blood pumping a bit mate so yeah it's not my favorite of the film scores but i don't think there's a bad score in the film list anyway yeah no that's a good way to put it mate i think that's really fair i think that's really reasonable and if i'm if i'm being completely honest i don't know if i've got much else to add <laughs> because you, yeah, you, fine, mate. You've, <laughs> you've you've said it. I really really like it. It's 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 decent. It's just it's it's not quite a Rogue One. It it's not even Clone Wars for me. And listen, I don't want to be the guys just like you know moving stuff along. But it's definitely thanks, pal. Def- it <laughs> cheers, pal. It's definitely <laughs> no Mandalorian, is it? It is no <laughs> Mandalorian. Oh my word! The <laughs> amount of times per week I find myself humming this, yeah, and I'm—I don't know I'm doing it. I don't know I'm doing it. I'll be driving. I'll be doing something. I'll be in the be in the kitchen. Matt, this is a masterpiece, mate. This Ooh. is it. This is it. This is it. 
This is one of the most iconic pieces of Star Wars music ever. And it's not from John Williams. And it's not even from, no disrespect to the other guy, it's not even from an old guy. From a young guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not being ageist. I'm not being, I'm not being an ageist or anything. Yeah. This guy produces hip hop albums and R&B albums. Yeah. He's worked with Kendrick Lamar. Yep. And yeah. He's an Oscar winner. Listen. Listen. It, it combines everything about Star Wars' identity. The highs. The, the orchestral kind of um, uh, emotional part of John Williams's music. And yet, just like the film itself, yeah, or the series itself, it, it has the fancy part. If you imagine the or- orchestra like that, that's the fancy. And yet, it just brings you back down. It brings you back oh. down. It's like, no, no, don't, rem- don't forget, this is a TV show. And this isn't to do with the Skywalkers. This is to do with, this, this is about a bounty hunter. Yeah, this is about a little kid, mate. Yes. Masterpiece, absolutely mate. sensational. We are so fortunate to have this score in the Star Wars family, mate. Ludwig Jöransson of Sweden, absolute ledge. Can't believe it. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, definitely. That Come out on. of all the soundtracks so that's on it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The Dandelorian oh. return with a with a vengeance there, mate. Mate, do you remember when uh the book of Boba Fett came along and turned into Nevando and Fennec Shand, shout out, said, Oh, we're gonna need to see on talk like that, but we're gonna need some muscle. And then you just heard and we all just went, yeah. Yes! Just a little slide whistle. It's very um Ennio Morricone and very kind of spaghetti western, which is what they're western, going for. But yep. that's all you needed, mate, was that and that was it. So we needed to know, and everyone got excited watching it. Uh, your answer for the scores. I mean, I know for season three, he had help from our network. Well, he had help. Our next composer on the list um, shouldered some of the uh, responsibility for seasons one and two. Was straight up Ludwig, and he's been credited for revitalising the sound of a galaxy far, far away. You know, with with dubstep. You've got dubstep in Star Wars. Dubstep right. again, electric guitars. You've got kids' <laughs> choirs. You've got um, Baroque recorders. You've got the full-on orchestras. You've got the modern uh, techniques of production. You've got samples, electronic, industrial, but still grand and sweeping. Though it's still, it doesn't kind of. Fit. There are other scores we'll mention which don't have this bombast, but have similar mm. approaches. But this one, but your answer is so good at what he does. And again, he's an Oscar winner. He said he won for his incredible work with Black Panther. Um, the man is just Great an incredibly soundtrack. talented, Great yeah, very soundtrack. good, very talented yeah. dude. And it always looks like he's working from his basement or something when of course he's got a multi-million dollar studio, but because he has so many different <laughs> instruments, which he, he himself said, I think on that man, no gallery, he just tinkers with, he just plays around with the sound, sees what sounds good. How can I warp that, distort that into something which sounds Star Warsy to him? And we get season one and season two of the Mandalorian. Now season one, was very much its own thing. And that's what I love about the score for season one. There's no themes mm. other than Mando and the characters within that. Season two, when we get Ahsoka, Luke, and other people coming in, then we get some more classic Star Wars themes and the Force theme. But even the way they're used is really, really well. Like the way they build up to Luke Skywalker coming in, we, we, you know, we've all heard the interviews or seen the videos of Ludwig saying it would have been easy just to immediately blare the Force theme when the X-Wing came in. But he gave Luke a new theme almost. 
until the moment the hood comes off and then we get the force theme yes. builds up to it and we all cried like children and we still do when we see it mate but there's there's so much going on here mate Le- piano guitar drum synthesizers i don't know how the man is it's the same as any composer i'll give him that because i've said on this show when somebody like john williams can sort of think about sort of 30 40 different instruments in his head and be like i need that to do this here i need that to do that there you know ludwig's doing it in a digital era but it's no less um it's no less accomplished or incredible than what john's doing and uh, for that he deserves a hell of a lot of credit well you mention a uh, digital era which is a great great point and when you think of when john williams was composing his music right in especially the 60s 70s 80s electronic music and musical electronic equipment was kind of in its infancy still wasn't it yeah, and it was becoming trendy, especially the 80s. Cool. Yeah, synth, right? And George George Lucas, as far as I'm aware, George Lucas didn't want that sound associated no, with Star didn't. Wars because he, he wanted it to feel used and lived in. And therefore, he wanted John Williams, as, as a composer, this was part of his style anyway, he looked back to the greats, didn't he? He looked back to a lot of older music from generations yeah. before before him so i think it's kind of poetic that in 2023 it's like oh this is our chance to do that because synth isn't really yeah it's not it's not a new thing is it it sounds to us old it sounds retro yeah especially with the renaissance of the 80s and things like strange things stuff yeah yeah exactly exactly and so it's amazing that the Mando theme, or even actually the Andor theme, can sound so different because it is utilizing that electronic equipment, yeah, or electronic music that has been absent in Star Wars because it was that's a that's a conscious decision. It's utilizing that and yet still making it sound quote unquote Star Warsy. That takes a lot of skill a lot of skill and the mandalorian mate and the book of boba fett that book of boba fett theme oh my word papa ludwig as well isn't it i mean uh we're moving on the great segue uh to mm, the cheers, book of boba fett, but i dig it but the the score the the theme that bonkers theme for boba fett kind of nordic chanting is is ludwig Johansson. it's it's him through and through working alongside joseph shirley who gave us a weird and wonderful soundtrack for the book of boba fett so wild this show the show every time i rewatch the show the more i appreciate it more and more it's crazy it is this weird out people call andor the outlier but hey boba fett's got like um ayahuasca trees in the desert snorting lizards this song tribal dances uh scooters mod gangs uh rancors cabane is and it's on top of that it's got this really weird score and i mean that in a positive way from joseph shirley who again to your point about Ludwig, mate, Joseph Shirley, he's a, he's a, he's a young lad. He's, he's, he's a young guy coming in to score mm. this. 
and he's also he's very much in that Ludwig style um, Ludwig is you know he's top of the tree for this so I think a lot of people would say that but Joseph yeah. Shirley comes in again electronic music vocals and his baritone choirs big percussion big brass big guitars big strings all these different um, instruments and instrumentation for the Book of Boba Fett but this and uh, there's something very I don't want to say tribal because that sounds very sweeping but there's a tribalistic nature to a lot of this and however weird Boba Fett yes. gets I think Joseph Shirley holds his hands and says you know I'm going to match you with the music but not in a kind of weird 70s or 80s a drug-fueled wild trip mm. it is it's mm. almost a spiritual religious feeling to some of his music uh, he also did Mando season three which I'm sure we'll mention but for Boba Fett you know, there's some there's some great stuff on there. You've got this big old tune called Road Rage. That one was called um, the the ultimate boon. But you've got um, Road Rage, which is when they're chasing after the train and it's electronic and it's mental. And then you've got this tune. Hear, hear me out. Alex mm. Orishaya Taldin, which is oh. the, I think it's around about kind of the funeral of the Tuscans. Real slow, real quiet, real somber and mournful really kind of changing things up within almost the same episode, almost same couple of episodes. And <laughs> Joseph Shirley, whilst his, for me, Boba Fett isn't quite as memorable as a score. It's certainly out there, mate, isn't it? Just like the show. It's <laughs> out there. I still can't make telling people like, yeah, watch Mando seasons one and two, and then going, having to explain to them, oh yeah, you got to watch this show called the book of Boba Fett. They're like, what, what, <laughs> You know, Why? I'm like, what should I expect from that? I'm like, well, lizards. He snorts <laughs> lizards. He does a line of lizards. He uh, has a space <laughs> trip. He finds a stick in the middle of That's Tatooine it, like in the desert. Dog. He rides a rancor. What's a rancor? Oh, well, uh, it's this huge beat. You remember Return of the Jedi? Yeah. <laughs> oh, thing. Danny Trejo's in it. <laughs> and yeah. He brings him the rancor. Then you don't see him. You, you see, yeah, like a, like, like a like benta. <laughs> what? Mate. What? 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 It's mental. One of the songs is called Like I've a Banter on the soundtrack. It. Of course it is. I've got to, I've got to rewatch it. I'm actually <laughs> thinking of doing a uh, Mandoverse like rewatch soon. Nice. Right? Start with Mando season one, season two, Boba Fett, season three, Ahsoka. You know, and then that yep. that should see me up to the new year, maybe, you know, maybe even after. I don't know. But you know what else is going to see me up to the new year? My Parsec Sabre. And guess what? It's going to see me beyond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about that for a segue? That Do is like a segue. That? That's, <laughs> Matt, Matt's like, shut up, Luke. Do the Parsec ad. Stop, stop talking about Boba Fett. Well, I didn't expect it to be so seamless, mate. Mate, you met Cheers, the Parsec guys at MCM. I wasn't well. Uh, better now, mm. thank you guys for the messages. But you met up with the lads in the yep. pub, didn't you? I did. I did. It was great fun. It, 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 I mean, the Fox at MCM Comic Con. Step up. Step up from Star Wars Celebration. It's just more of a party crowd. Huge yeah. step up. It was it was mental, mate. It was absolutely mental. I spent the evening with like Harvey, with a few guys. The Parsec guys turned up. It it was it was really good, and it, it was a great laugh. We had the Parsec sabers out. Yes, <laughs> well, Harvey did. Harvey Walker, who's an Anakin Skywalker cosplayer, was Very there. Good. A good friend of the show, absolute legend. I think he's in Disneyland Paris. Um, 
this uh, this this week. But do you know what I did, mate, in the pub w- while oh, no. everyone was dancing? Yeah, while everyone was dancing, I had my phone on full like full beam, and I was just showing people this. Oh, I'll do it like that. Actually, I was going go to <laughs> parseksabers.com to get ten percent off character lightsabers using code sessions. And I was Ooh. holding it up to people in the in the, in the pub <laughs> while the DJ and there was a band there as well playing, which was which was really crazy doing covers. It, they were like a K-pop band, but doing like film covers and that, and, and nice. like metal rock covers, pop culture covers. It was amazing. And I was just pointing to people while dancing and then showing them my phone. And <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not, people are like taking photos of the phone going, all right, yes. I'll have a look at that later. Guerrilla marketing or, right there. Or loading up the ParsecSavers.com website. And the Parsec boys were like, just looking at me like, yes, lads. Yes. Listen, Parsec lads, listen, we're, do- we're doing the work for you here. We listen, we love, we said it for the last two months. We love your Sabres and everyone listening. We genuinely love these Sabres. They're top quality, top prices, uh, top selection as well. But they're watching you in the pub tanked up come on lads buy a Parsec Sabre that is the best kind of marketing that you can get Any, anyone yes. could say oh the guys on the pod they're, you know, they're, 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 they're just saying that firstly no we ain't we've got the Sabres they're quality but when the guy is in the pub waving his phone around telling the people the, the punters to buy them in front of the guys yeah. there's commitment to the cause if, the, the Sabres are yep. awesome ParsecSabres.com sessions 10% off character inspired get one if you don't believe a guy who's flashing his phone at you in the pub saying go to parsexsabers.com for 10% off using code sessions and I you know I don't know what's wrong with you I can't there's no other way to say it is there there's no other be reasonable people be Come reasonable on. be Come fair on. yeah if you listen on, to this show it. for free and and you go and buy a lightsaber that's not a parsec saber I'm sorry but no no <laughs> Get off. Stop <laughs> listening. Send that piece of trash back and get a yeah. Parsec Sabre. Yeah. Like, and the guys are great. I'm so sorry I couldn't yeah. see the guys. Love to have bought them a pint. But uh. um, loving working with the guys and we guys think you all love their Sabres. So ParsecSabres.com. Mm. Yeah. Sessions, 10% off character-inspired Sabres. As Palps would say, do it. mate beautiful delicious sounding score there might be only one of the only bits that is but let's talk about the obi-wan kenobi score mate now this is a funny one because it was composed by natalie holt who became the first female to ever score a star war huge achievement fantastic news she just come off the back of loki but it's also um bumped up with john williams doing the obi-wan kenobi theme so he went back yep. and did han solo he went back and did obi-wan and also William Ross, who is a, he's kind of like the a, a supporting actor in Hollywood composers, like character actor of composers, comes in, does a job, bish bash bosh. He also came in to punch up this score. Now I don't know what the reasons behind this were. They haven't ever been revealed. I know Natalie Holt says that she she wishes, like Loki, she had a little bit more time to work on the score with Loki. That was bang in the pandemic, so she had like four months to work on it. She says she wishes she had a bit more time to work on the score. I, I'm not entirely sure I'm vibing with that. 
But the the score in itself now of Obi Wan, we we've said we've given our thoughts on the show many many times in terms of what we think about it, the highs, the very high highs, and the frustrating lows. And the score kind of it kind of fits in the middle for me with that. The Obi Wan score is the first one where I really think it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And annoyingly, yeah. and this really it generally pains me to say this, but a lot of the the better work on this comes from William Ross coming in. Because that feels more John Williamsy. Now I don't need my scores to sound John Williamsy to like it, but Natalie Holt gave us something beautiful, like Sacrifice, like you've just heard, and and um, some other great tunes during it. But I just feel that there's a lack of punch. What's that lack of soul? But a lack mm. of punch throughout. There's a lot of electronic mm. music, especially of the Inquisitors, but it doesn't quite have the same effect, the same kind of booming effect that we got from Ludwig or that we got from Joseph Shirley. I just don't think the electronic work as well. They feel a little less personal. It just feels a bit more generic, a bit more process than what we've seen before, which kind of plays into the the series, almost feeling a little bit like a missed opportunity. And I know you're probably going to mention this, mate. So I'll throw over to you to mention this as well, but yeah, I'll mention that in a second. I'll just finish off by saying, I think it's a little bit (laughs) plodding. The score is, it's hard. What were you going to mention? I'll, I'll, I'll mention it, but for okay. me, it's it's hard to pick out some of the tunes in this because it is not really very yeah. memorable. Which is wild, no. given the depth of music and themes connected to these characters already. Think of the characters in this show, mate. Think of yeah. the themes that we've already got, and we didn't get any in them. Now, now again, Natalie Holt says I didn't think I'd be able to use the themes because we hadn't been confirmed to be allowed to use the classic themes. Now, I call you know the fifth and i think that is not i think that's rubbish because disney own the themes they tell you yeah i know but the themes mate so uh, for me the obi-wan kenobi score it's fine it's got some very decent stuff on it i really like um some of the tunes and we do have a tune from william ross to play as well shortly but just to kind of wrap up the obi-wan side of it but it's it's fine it's not as personal mate but the themes there's so many themes that they could have used or at least kind of winked at for obi-wan for vader and everyone yeah, else and they didn't but we didn't get it yeah which is what they did do in the mandalorian yeah ludwig does that really well he he blends in that luke skywalker moment yeah oh. right right at the end you just oh. get a smidge of it same with uh the force theme right when ahsoka's with grogu and she talks about the force or yoda and you, you hear a bit of yoda's theme so yeah, I've got to agree with you, mate. I've got to agree with you, which is, it is odd considering how good the Loki score is and the Loki theme in particular. Oh my Gideon, I love it. I love it. That is one of my favourite Marvel scores, comfortably, comfortably. And I'm quite enjoying season two, by the way, of Loki. Watching that, that's nice. coming out at the moment, isn't it? 2023 show. It's fine. Um, yeah, no, you're not as up on it. Not as up on it as I am. Fair it's enough. Not as mate. iconic. Totally get it. But um I don't know, yeah. I the show I think the show's strongest music is from John Williams. So Yeah. The theme. That's it in, in short, because you've met you've mentioned basically everything else, buddy. Yeah, I know, you know, I'm not I don't mean that as an at you. I'm just saying like I yeah, can't no. really add much else to it, yeah. To to be fair, I don't want to be that guy. It's great. John Williams' score is fantastic. It is sometimes overused. It's it's like 
John Williams did the score and it feels like Natalie, and maybe this is the problem. Yeah, it felt like Natalie couldn't maneuver it properly. She's like, well, the, you know, John Williams, of all the people mm. who've done this, and now I've got to kind of follow suit, right? I've got to do it like that. And maybe that's where the the the, the creativity was maybe hindered a little. That's why that's all I can imagine. But I would agree with you. You've said you've said everything, bang on the money. I know you've said you wanted to play another piece of music, but this isn't from Natalie Holt. This is from William Ross, like you said. So should we give that a listen and see if we change up? We won't change our minds, but <laughs> I will do what I must. Oh, So that was Billy Ross, William Ross. Mm. William Ross came in. I don't, I don't know why they brought him in to punch it up. Maybe they just thought it wasn't inspiring enough or it wasn't uh, doing enough of the heavy lifting. So they got Ross in. And what he does is John Williams light. And it's still not incredible. Uh, this tune is when mm. Obi-Wan and Vader duel on that unnamed planet. And, it's, and, and, I, and I love it. I dig it. I like it because I like that choral effect. But even the music and the choir still feels a little bit process it doesn't quite feel as natural or genuine sounding as some of the other scores we've had on tv series let alone the films mate so william ross came in to punch it up and uh we also he also gave us i think it's called saying goodbye which is the tune at the very end where obi-wan is saying goodbye to leia and we get the themes coming in he gave us that i believe as well oh no that's sick but again because you're hearing the original themes again aren't you really but yep yeah, it's know. it's it's weird. However, the two of them together, it was a weird dichotomy between the atmospheric music that Natalie Holt was giving us, and not all of it was Maudline, but then the more traditional music of w- William Ross, it just kind of shook things up a little bit, mate. But speaking yeah. of shaking things up, mate, what's next? What's next? Go on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice segue talk about shaking it up <laughs> let's on. let's move on yeah. I, I i do i i do <laughs> like that piece that is more of a standout piece by the way but yeah let's shake it up let's let's just like how this show shook our world and changed our perspectives forever not just on star wars but on life <laughs> it's because it's that absolutely beautiful <laughs> it's and or season one we've just done a show on it we're big fans of Andor. Yeah, if if this is your first episode listening in listening to the sessions, hey. welcome, welcome. It's a bit crazy, bit of a chaotic episode, but we're enjoying it. You know, it's, it's, we love it's it. music. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Andor, oh my days! Um, what a series! I remember. I think I said on the episode two weeks ago that the music didn't initially jump out at me, and I think. That is maybe because the show did feel just so different, so new at the time. And yet now, I said this two weeks ago, but now I can drive around listening to the Andor soundtrack, particularly, particularly that intro theme that is yes. changed up. It's changed up every episode to suit what is about to happen. It foreshadows and tells the audience this is going to be faster paced drums this is going to be a bit more there a bit a bit of battle fighting in this now a few weeks ago mate because we you, you know you've listened to the andor soundtrack right if you're listening to a star wars podcast you've listened to the, to, to, to the andor theme you're familiar with it you know it you love it the kids love it 
right? Now, a few weeks ago, I discovered that if you merge all of, and I didn't discover it, and I didn't do it myself. I found it on YouTube. But if you, <laughs> if you, if you squash all of the intros to every and or episode, it creates a larger piece of music. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? In hindsight, yes, because no stone was left unturned. I think Nicholas Bratel, what a genius! You want to know what that sounds like? Well, we've got the audio for you. Listen to this. Oh my days! <laughs> oh my How about days! That? <laughs> How about that? We we just wanted to play all of that, yeah, because it's so cool. <laughs> if you merge all of the Andor intros, it plays a song. It works. It it's all pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, it's all different bits of the rebellion coming together. For a single purpose. Oh, oh my days. Nicholas Bratel, you genius, you legend. You fag. I know. I know. And we got this absolute club banger playing in the background right <laughs> oh, now. Mate. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought we'd be getting this in Star Wars, mate? Neamos. Not me. Mate, um, me. I'm sitting there listening to this. It's like that Jay-Z gif. It's sort of a like head's just gone like bang and robbing back oh, yeah. and forth. Just, yeah, just, just, just vibing to the Love music, that. man. Ludwig Jorensen re-energized Star Wars. Nicholas Bratel came along and did exactly the same thing. And he yes, brought he something did. fresh and told us. He grabbed us by the collars, slammed us against the wall and said, this is what Star Wars can sound like, whether you like it or not. And then for added effect, he slapped us around the face. Didn't need to do that, but we'll take it because we love the work you've done, Nicholas. But again, it has shown us that Star Wars doesn't always need to be big, bombastic orchestras and strings. It can be synthesizers. It can be sampled music. It can be a 50-piece string orchestra like Nicholas Brittell used and brass and percussion. But it's interesting hearing Nicholas Brittell talk about the Andor theme, but also him as a composer. And like Ludwig Jorensen and the others and Joseph Shirley, Nicholas Brittell is a young lad. He was brought up in an era of grunge music, of hip-hop, of hair metal, and they're his yeah. influences. Now, I'm not saying we're getting Smells Like Teen Spirit and Andor, but you know, there is a kind of rebellious nature to a lot of the music. I'd like to hear that. Uh, there is some rebellious nature to some of the music here. It's not what you expect, like Andor. It's not what you would expect or presume you're going to get from a Star Wars. Gilroy wanted intimacy and loneliness and contemplation weaved into his soundtrack. I think he got that. And and on every planet, they have their own sound. Like Ferrix is very, you know, there's a lot of metal sounds through through Ferrix. It's just like, almost like clanking noises within the music. On Morlana, you've got a more of an urban landscape. So you've got more, something more textural going on there. 
And it's just so interesting to hear that when he does go big, he goes big. Like Luthan mm. of Coruscant, Luthan's score. My name is Kino Loy, mate. That makes me want to go and storm a prison for no reason other than just to jump off the top into the ocean because it's so, so well put together. It, into the Thames. I love, mate. And <laughs> I've said it so many times on this show, but I love it when Star Wars is something new. Yeah, it's got to have that DNA, yeah. but I love it when yeah. they give us something new. It doesn't always work. But I love that we're going there. And Andor as a series did that. We went into great depths, but the the music did as well. They really showed us that it doesn't just have to be this. It can be all of this put together. And we heard Nicholas talk about it as a celebration. And the guy knows what he's talking about, doesn't he? Yeah. I made that celebration panel, the Andor panel. Again, uh, I know we mentioned it last week or the, the, two weeks ago on the main show before the Collectors Guild. Thanks again, Dave Dunn and Good. MCM Comic Con for great a great, show. great episode, by the way. Um, you know, two weeks ago, we mentioned that the the, the panel, there, there are so many nuggets of wisdom and interest in there. And Nicholas Brattel was on there. He, he is a gentleman I would love to get on the podcast because the process that he must have had for making the Andor soundtrack must have been just crazy. And he does other really, really good soundtracks as well. One of my favorite themes in television ever is the Succession soundtrack. Even if you're not a big Sweet. fan of the show, you can listen to the intro of Succession I just over and over again. And what I love about, I think, um, you know, Nicholas's approach to stuff, it, it, it feels stripped back. It feels like there's... There's, there's no fat there. It's just the bones. It's, but in the best way possible, right? I don't want that to sound. You know, um, this is what you need. Right, right. And it's when you, when you look at all of these geniuses, yeah, in their own right, very, very talented people to be doing what they're doing at, at, at on the, on the projects they are Marvel, yeah. Star Wars, Fox films, Disney films, Universal films. It, it, it's sensational. Yeah. That, that is what you want to be. If you're a, mus- a musician, that is the dream, right? But you look at this list, mate, Ludwig and Nicholas Brattel have clearly, clearly done the most different projects. I think, is that reasonable to say? Is that fair uh, to say, say their so. music? 100%. It is the most different. And yet, I'd probably argue, and I know Giacchino did a very good job with Rogue One, especially considering his circumstances, but Nicholas Brattel and or the Mandalorian and, you know, Boba Fett, my days, mate, they're so different and yet so familiar. They're so familiar and they're, they bring something fresh to Star Wars and they are the reason, they are the reason why I am confident about future Star Wars scores, full stop. New films, full stop. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get John Williams as a tribute. I'm, I'm sure. I'm confident of that. Oh. But even if we don't, mate, I, I, five years ago, would I have said this? I don't know. I don't know. Probably show. not. Probably not. Isn't that funny how, you know, yeah. Ludwig, Nicholas, and all of these guys have, have proved me wrong, younger Luke wrong. So what what an accomplishment. Nicholas Pratel, mate, absolute genius. Love it. We need it sometimes. This guy's loving life. Lukey boy's loving life at the minute. But um, but that's what we need. We need it. doesn't have to be young or old. doesn't matter. Yeah. Somebody to come in and shake things up and give us something new. Well, to end with, mate, we are going, we're going to end with on the video games and uh, two guys yeah. who have brought us two big scores now. Uh, they're on the list because they've given us... Well, I, I, more than 
uh, m- more than about a trilogy's worth of music in one game because when you do video game scores, you've got to do like eight, ten hours worth of music. Mm, and true. then you've got to do it again for the next one. And then they go do it again for the next one. Something a little bit more familiar now, mate, from the uh, electronic youth of uh, the aforementioned composers. We're going to end up now with Stephen Barton and Gordy Harp and their work on the Star Wars Jedi series of video games. Speaking of love and life, Gordy and Stephen are love and life every day they wake up and doing the Star Wars, mate. Well, we're talking about electronic, um, big brass stuff and synthesizing samples. The scores for Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor fully orchestral. They're strings, big on brass, the works, you know, the woodwind, there's drums. It is an orchestral score, huge orchestral scores. And what I love about what Gordy and Stephen have done, firstly, I think genuinely think these two scores are mind-blowingly good. Uh, for Star Wars scores. I've listened to them uh, mm. uh, like, separate from the games and they are fantastic. Uh, the difference yes. is, of course, sometimes they could be more of a soundscape because you may need kind of 10 minutes worth of music whilst I'm trying to grab a rope and swing over a chasm and failing. Um, but there are themes throughout. But what they said was, they, they, they said their music is not something that needs to call attention to itself. It is an element that acts in service of the narrative. And I love it because that's what we said about all the composers. Some composers come in like John Williams and say, nah, I'm the big daddy. I can become the story. But a good score just needs to work for whatever the story or the scene or the narrative asks you to do. And Gordy and Steven do such a good job of that. And there's so many scenes or moments and cutscenes in Fallen Order and Survivor, which are absolutely elevated by the excellent voice acting, but the music, the scenes on Ilum when Cal thinks failure's, you know, he's, he's failed and you know, failure's not the end and some of the moments in Jedi Survivor, uh, the visitor in uh, in Sears mm. archive, we'll just put it like that. Uh, some of the moments when they're going above the clouds to the laboratory. These scores are huge. And I mean that certainly the second one, Survivor, is a huge, expansive score when you listen to it. It's, yeah. it's darker in tone than the first one. But what these guys have done, though, is yeah, taken six, seven, eight hours of music and said, there you go. That's what we've done yeah. for you. They've done it for the second game. So where your TV composers will do maybe half of that. And these guys have come in and done a huge amounts of work. And Gordy Harb, I think, also did Star Wars Squadrons as well. So he's been around the block a bit. I think he also did Battlefront 2. So he's been in the mm. Star Wars video game um, alumni for a while. But I love these two scores, mate. And some of my favorite pieces of music in recent Star Wars years have come for this, come from these two games. But um, I remember when uh, you played Survivor, I remember one of the first things you told me that when, before you'd kind of started playing it, you just said, mate, you just, I probably got it somewhere. Capital letters said the music. Like when you go into mm-hmm. Rambler's Reach and you've got the Western tune coming on. What are your thoughts then on, because these are obviously slightly different interpretations, but what are you thinking about these for uh, uh, video game music for Star Wars? The video game music is is remarkable, mate. You know, and video game music in general is remarkable. I don't have the composer with me. It's on one of my spot. I was actually just trying to find it, but it's on one of my Spotify playlists. It is for one of the recent Final Fantasy games, and it is sensational. Ooh. In fact, if you tune into Classic FM nowadays, 
your pro or you know classical radio station for global people yeah classic fm's over here in the uk but them they're more likely than you think are gonna gonna play a video game score nowadays yes because there is just so much coming out there is so much impressive work coming out mate the the, the jedi survivor it's part of the magic isn't it it's part of the magic Star Wars wouldn't be Star Wars without the music. And the fact that, yes, we've got John Williams as kind of top captain of the ship. We have so much more talent in television, in films, video games. And even beyond that, mate, we got some honorary mentions, right? Michael Tavira, Tavira, right? I think that's how I'm going to go. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, Star Wars Resistance, mate. Various artists that work on Star Wars Vision Season 1 and one and 2. There is some sick music in that. Do you, oh, do you know what I forgot? The Who. The Who, not not The Who. Oh. Who are you? No, no, no. Yeah. Yes. What's that called? Isena. Yes. Yes. That sick top top Dirty. top tier. and they're in the second game as well they're on the they're in pylons in greaser's saloon they've got a couple of yes they there. are and all that music is done by gordy and stephen alongside real world kind of dance and synth artists it's, it's filth mate do you remember the mando season two trailer had throat singing in it mongolian yeah. throat singing in it as well and i was like oh i really hope we get some of that in mando season two but we didn't did we uh, and oh, i would no. love I would love to hear that Who song or something alike. It's a Mongolian throat singing in the right context yes. in a future Star Wars project. Please make that happen, Lucasfilm. Please make it happen. Uh, Jeremy Soule, Knights of the Old Republic, huge shout out. And also there is a Shadows of the Empire soundtrack record, mate. So he loves it. Yeah. Shout out to all of those. We're not going to go into them, but... <laughs> Yeah, shout out to we're, those guys. we're already we're already over time mate we're, we're going <laughs> we'd be here we're going over we all of them yeah. mate yeah. hit me with it then like Brittell slapped us around the face oh. favorite score outside of john williams in star wars it can be from any medium or any tv show game or whatever film whatever hit me you know it's a toss-up between andor and mando you know that i'm gonna make i'm gonna make you could have called that it's mandalorian if I had to pick one, the one that just goes, I can just hum. Mm, 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 mm. It, it's delicious. It's iconic. It's everything Star Wars should be. Yeah. Mandalorian. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, actually, it's comfortably. It's comfortably the Mandalorian. Comfortably. <laughs> if uh, an Andor yeah. is sensational, by the way, yep. it's, it is um it's just Ooh. as it's just as good in a, in a lot of respects i just think the magic just like the show itself Fair for deuce. me for me it's mando what are you gonna say i have a feeling i have a feeling go on you aren't gonna say either of those i have a feeling you're you might you're gonna say rogue go on. one chiquino no I'm not. Oh, I'm saying Jedi right. Survivor because that score whips oh. me every time I listen all to right. it. The visit right. feels of dusk. Come on. All right. Outside of Jedi Outside Survivor. of that, Andor. Don't say... Fo- okay. No, Andor. I thought you were going to Fallen Order. I love it so much. Now, Andor, mate, is, um, is it? Because when I listen to it, because I did, you know, we do some research for the show. I was having a listen uh, at work mm. today and on my lunch. 
uh, yeah. and listen to some of the soundtrack suites that are on YouTube. Some fantastic work out there. And uh, I know somebody shouted out Samuel Kim in our comments. Fantastic, fantastic Star Wars cover artist there. Um, mm. But yeah, the Andor w- work just gets me like, listen to Luthen's theme, Kino Loy's theme. Um, the Marva oh, Funeral I know, March, I know, uh, the main I theme, know. so much going on there, mate. It's unbelievable. But that's the beauty of what we've just been speaking about, mate. Each and every one, even something like Kenobi, which we weren't the biggest fan of, has moments in there where you're like, yeah, that is that just gets it right. When it needed to, sometimes it pulled out of the bag just at that 11th hour. Um, but yeah, mate, we've been blessed. Haven't we? We've been totally blessed, haven't we, bro? Big time. Big time. This is the way... Thank you for the music. <laughs> Zava, say it. <laughs> Hi, this is Simon J. Williamson. This is Max Lloyd-Jones. This is Araida Cordova. This is Pam Rose. This is Christopher Sean. Kazuta Ziono in Star Wars Resistance. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Well, you know what most people do when they have, uh, listen to some music, mate? They sit down mm. and have a drink uh, in a pub sometimes. Sometimes with the parsec, yeah. lads. Most of the time yeah. not, though. But that's what we are going to do right now, my friend, because we have pulled up the Essex Falcon outside of our favourite dusty drinking hole, the Bantina. And the only question that now remains, mate, is, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, yeah, come on, come on, come on. Can I offer you a libation? To celebrate the closing of our shared narrative. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Anthony, give me the spiciest drink you've got. Pour me another Park Kellen sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? Yes, thank you for the music. I was going to sing along, mate, the songs we're singing. Yeah, each week here in the Bantina, we do bad cover versions of ABBA, and we also hear from you guys, the greatest listeners in the entire galaxy, both of them now. And we have a couple of Kef beers, and we want to hear your thoughts on what we've been discussing. So this week, we asked for your thoughts and your favourite pieces of music or soundtracks in Star Wars that were not by John Williams. And again... You didn't disappoint. No, you didn't. You guys came in clutch. We love it. But let's start off with a cheeky voice note from Dan, a.k.a. Kazda1138. Hey, guys. Uh, my favourite soundtrack that's not John Williams is Rogue One. Um, Michael Giacchino did such a good job of getting those nods to John Williams's music in there, but keeping it fresh with his own style as well. And Ludwig Göransson did such a good job on The Mandalorian. That theme is just so iconic now, and I you always find myself humming the theme uh, around the house. He loves it. Um, and then Kevin kind of <laughs> did such a good job as well with everything that he's done, creating Ahsoka's theme and Sabine's theme, and now the new version of Thrawn's theme in Ahsoka just gave me chills with that organ. Mm. Um, but yeah, keep up the good work, and I'll catch you soon sensational agree with all of that dan you absolute sickhead thanks for sending that in mate <laughs> over on over on instagram we've got matt 2388 oh matt matt Ooh, friend. friend name friend. he says <laughs> he says gotta be nicholas Brattel with andor that show got me through some dark days so naturally i feel a huge emotional connection to the music i love that and i think that's in in truth i think a lot of people can relate to that 
with Star Wars and pop culture in general. And that's why it's so powerful, isn't it? For so yeah. many people. Owen Watson says the Mando theme for me, such a distinctive sound and so evocative. It was the perfect pairing for the show. Just quickly, do you remember that clip? I think it's from Disney Gallery where Ludwig is in, I think, the volume over in uh, California while they're filming Mandalorian, and he plays the Mando theme to John and Dave for the first time. And they're like, John Favreau's like, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, this is it. Have you, do you remember that? Do you recall? I do. Or are you a bit, yeah. yeah, I do. Do you remember? Get, imagine getting that kind of pat on the back. I know, mate. Magical, mate. Magical. And uh, lastly, from Instagram, and we've got loads of comments on Instagram. I want to read we all did. of them out. There's, there's some love for Kevin Kiner. There's love for loads of people. Uh, but that geek, Andy, over from Australia, good lad. Met him at Celebration. He says, I've said it so many times. Michael Giacchino's Rogue One score is absolutely underrated i think you could be right andy mate doesn't get the love it deserves i reckon your father would be proud is an absolute standout wow yeah smart i think hopefully you've listened to this episode and you 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 know you love it because we love it as well mate yeah i think you could be right actually i do think rogue one score isn't talked about enough so there we go what else are people saying online mate uh, across the interwebs, over on X, we've got Space Castle. Jeremy Saul's score for the Knights of the Old Republic is fantastic. Nice to see yep. that we're getting outside of the shows there. Uh, Mando Lessons, if Book of Boba Fett did one thing right, it was the soundtrack. Uh, Seth Senth Wesk, huge fan of the Book of Boba Fett soundtrack by Joe Shirley. Also, both Bad Batch soundtracks are absolutely awesome. Uh, yeah, shout out to the Bad mm. Batch soundtrack as well, which we touched upon, but very, very, very cool soundtracks eye of the nile said the, the jedi game sears theme in survivor might be my favorite character theme in all of star wars mate i'm not going to argue about that uh, we've got a lot mm. of love for andor on x and over on facebook taylor holland said the different visions tracks are amazing alex fletcher ludwig is the absolute best absolutely love kevin kiner's music for ahsoka as well and then finally philip james e said such a great topic for the show thank you mate i actually love all the new <laughs> soundtracks and is absolutely fantastic but has to be listened to independently from the main show to uh, truly appreciate its depth love the mando score as well and would love to see it merge with some more familiar classic john williams themes just like ahsoka recently accomplished so a lot a lot nice. of love over on the interwebs uh, and then we yeah. have mech zero who said none of them but I, like, I do know that your avatar is Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian, so shout out to Mech Zero for hating all of them. Um, but yeah, lots and lots and lots of comments across all of the Intel website, as we always get each and every week. So thank you so much, guys, for <laughs> taking the time out of your day to give us your comments. And if you didn't hear your comment featured, don't fret, guys. Continue to send in your thoughts. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be featured on an upcoming stint in the Bantina. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. That's right. Spice is part of the Bantina. It's Patreon question section. To kick us off this week is none other than Anne Goodman. I finally met, met Anne, didn't I? MCM Comic Con. 
absolute lad absolute lad yeah really really good company hopefully we get to see him again he goes all right lads what's thrawn's go to greg's order does he go in an order himself or does he send captain enoch to get it thoughts imagine if this was your first episode of sessions like greg's ever they're like what's that no other pa- mm. other pastry shops are available. Only Greg's. He ain't going That's in true. to get it himself. Yeah, Enoch. Perhaps you could get it for me, uh, mate. Let's <laughs> let's let's call it what it is. He likes an apple Danish because Lars Mikkelsen is Danish. So that is what he gets from Greg's. Uh, Very and true. And he also gets a steak bake, but he lets it cool down for a bit too long, and it gets a little bit too uh, soggy because of the steam. So steak bacon and apple Danish, I reckon. What about you, mate? He's calculated, mate, and uh, he's really intelligent. And even though he is arguably a war criminal, he cares. <laughs> so yeah, he I think he goes for the vegan sausage roll. Oh yes, yeah, which is really good. It's not I'm bad, not a vegan, but the vegan vegan sausage roll ain't a bad shout. Simple and simple. Yeah, Effective. Enoch. Yeah, maybe he goes and gets it. Maybe a couple of the zombie stormtroopers get it. Because <laughs> they're a great idea. <laughs> and then forget their zombies and turn back to normal. And then they... Mate. He's mate, not loving it, is he? Don't. Take a breath. Winds me up. Actually winds me up. And what's Sorry, Dan? Mate. You set him off, mate. So you also know Thorne gets the seasonal coffees as well. You know he's all over that as now well. We're now, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. All over that. Yeah, Tumblr, and, mate, Tumblr girl. Tumblr, Come man, on. we are. We are Tumblr girls and boys all day long. And you're a king. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. We've now, oh. we're now, we've now both met and individually. It's time to put an end to that. that and mate, come and meet us all together and you'll see the sessions yeah. in full flow. Thank you for that. Yeah. Big for a three ad. For the three ad. Not for the triad. No, three ad. Three ad's better, yeah. <laughs> Spelt with an F, the three ad. Yeah, yeah, come, come down to three ad, geez. Uh, moving on then Brilliant. to key 77 before it gets out of hand. He says, hey up, lads. Can, can you look into your crystal balls and tell us what you think no. Star Wars will look like in 100 years? Will we still be getting new films, Kieran in Charlbury? Well, right about now, we ain't getting any films at all. But, Lukey boy, in 100 years, what's the landscape of the franchise going to look like? AI will be showing <laughs> other AI. Hey, <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, do, I, do, I honestly don't it's interesting. know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is is the truth? I don't think so. I think it will. I think it will die or be remade. Right? I don't. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I don't know. It is a tough I can't one. Because we're coming to an end. I know because we're coming up to fifty years, aren't we? We're coming up to fifty years since Mental. that's. Yeah, that's when 2027, right? It's 50 yes. years since yes. A New Hope or just Star Wars. So that is a long time. And they'll still be making stuff around the original trilogy era then. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So imagine what happens when, you know, the High Republic film or, you know, the, the James Mangold film is X amount of years old. Listen, mate, the problem with your question is your assumption is that we're going to be here. <laughs> uh, yeah so no nah. um I, I don't know i don't what have you got a better answer mate no you got a better frankly, answer than that? not because no, i don't I want don't to either but i was thinking about this all day at work whilst working and um i was like do you know what i don't because i can't ever see it coming to an i can't imagine a day where 
whomever owns Lucasfilm in however many decades time says right enough is enough Apple, Apple when Apple in a couple of weeks uh, in a couple of decades when Apple owns it I can't imagine them being like yeah that's it now done We've had, we, this is where yeah. the story ends similarly with Marvel as well mate. I mean because they're built to last they're built to carry on and go on and on and on and grow with the audience and almost like re-evolve with the new audience which may mean a reboot or a remake or whatever in a hundred years time though I mean it's it's wild to think in my like, hypothetically I can't see it ending so yeah I think we will do but then yeah a hundred years is a long time mate and that's I know it sounds really daft but in, in, in lots of things can happen in I'm talking about like in the industry here where maybe as the, the 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 old generation and this generation and the next generation you know all kind of pass on into the force there isn't a desire for star wars anymore maybe it just isn't going to be something people want anymore so there's always that yeah i'm trying to see if i can tie in another abba song i don't think i can do it uh the winner takes it yeah. all yeah the winner takes it apple takes it all <laughs> yeah. money Kirk. money money that's what it's going to come down to Thank you for buying iOS 16. Oh, best <laughs> iOS ever. The only way to see Star Wars Episode 68. Yeah, is on the uh, Apple Vision Pro or whatever <laughs> stupid name it's got. That thing. Yeah, oh, naff. mate. No time. For uh, cheers for Good that, one, mate. Kieran. Stevie D says, what are your thoughts on any possible cr- uh, story crossovers with Skeleton Crew and Ahsoka? As the galaxy they're rumoured to be stranded in is the same one we find in Peridia or Peridia in. Uh, keep the speculation spicy. Mm. Interesting. Is that the latest rumour? Is that what's floating about? I, I saw, I think via the Discord, that you know there was a some kind of synopsis re- which was released. I think it's the mm. one that said it's coming out in January and it ain't coming out in January. Uh, which said, oh, they're in a no. galaxy. I think I think I don't. I haven't read it because I've stayed away because I heard it was spoilery. But my understanding is it might point whether it's um, kind of light nod or a heavy wink to another galaxy, but it just says they're lost in a galaxy somewhere. So uh, I don't know if they're going to be in the galaxy of Peridia or Peridia. I don't know that yet. It would make sense, I guess, because they've just introduced this new galaxy, but it needs to be uh, properly well executed for it to make any sense. Go on, Thank get you, it down here. I'd, I'd hate for them thirsty. just to be like, oh, we're in another galaxy because that's what we're doing now. They need, there yeah. needs to be a reason for them to be there. And obviously, they're going to have to get back somehow. But we know that Skeleton Crew is in the Ahsoka-verse, in the Mandoverse. So I expect there to be some kind of crossover. I don't know what mm. that is. Will it be of Ahsoka? I don't know. Yeah, maybe it'd be more of Mandalorian because we because we know we're getting that. I think Vane is his name, or his name is that weird pirate. Uh, he's going to be in Skeleton Crew. He's already been confirmed. Who and he was the one of the antagonists of season three of Mando, one of the minor ones. So we're getting that crossover. I don't know though. From everything I know about Skeleton Crew. I don't know how big the crossovers are going to be, and I don't also don't know how kind of four quadrant this show is going to be. I think it may be a shock to a lot of people in terms of the tone of this show, and I'm talking about not and or tone, but like that. No, it could be the other galaxy, mate, and I'm not against it if it is because I want to see them build out this new galaxy, but it'd have to be for a reason and not just because. Let's just do it because we've just done it. It needs to be a reason for them to do it. But what are you thinking, mate? Imagine this. Go on. Yeah. Imagine this. Kids get lost in space. Okay. 
I dig it. Yeah, kids get lost in space. Parents thinking, oh, we need to track them down. Who can we Who can we call? Oh, the police don't know. They're, that's It's an off-planet problem. What happens when it's an off-planet problem? They go to the New Republic, right? New Republic, pretty busy. Pretty no, busy. No Sorry, mate, fighting remnant. We do know someone who might be able to help you. Tune in next week <laughs> to Skeleton Crew. Jude Law and Pedro Pascal together, mate. Too much manliness for one show. Come on. Come on. It, That's it's how possible. If, now, I buy into that more, Stevie D. I buy into that more. I don't know about the whole Peridia thing. I think they would have kept that separate, just from a storytelling perspective, just from maybe even a leak perspective. I don't know. Or maybe it's a way for them all to appear. Maybe there'll be one massive fat off happy family and then they're like Mando <laughs> comes and saves them and is like, right, come on, back to the main galaxy and then we're ready for Air to the Empire, the movie. <laughs> the motion picture. Event of the decade. <laughs> I like your idea better, mate, because it just seems to fit more. If it is the other no. galaxy, sweet. But I hope they're not actually on Peridia because that would be waff. Show us another planet because the other Imagine planet, that, galaxy, of all the places, they just accidentally just get there, stuck on. And that's another point, Highlands. actually. That's another point, yeah, because pretty is so hard to get to. Ahsoka needed a map, and what these like kids are just going to magically go? Yeah, oh, we just fell into this. Yeah, I doubt it now. Now, now yeah. I say, now I say that out loud. Nah, I doubt it. Sorry, Stevie <laughs> D. It's a good, it's a good idea. I like yeah. it. Stevie D. Stevie D. <laughs> <laughs> It could yeah. be, mate. I don't know the leaks. I don't know what the, the, the apparent um, rumours are uh, because we're not hearing anything about Skeleton Crew, particularly at the minute. That's lockdown. Um, yeah, so uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see. It's all part of the mm. same universe. Final one then, mate. James, the Max Rebo experience. He said, lads, yep. I've, been having a tr- I've been having trouble coming up with a good question. See you next month. Uh, no, he didn't say that. He said, I've been having trouble coming up with a good question. Do you want the Lando movie to be pre-Solo or post-Solo of Star Wars story? If it's pre, we get to see the Falcon and L3. But if it's post, we might get to see what Han Paul, that Lando referred to in The Empire Strikes Back, after what you pulled. Um, yeah, this film, which may or may not be a film, pre or post-Solo, mate? Because we we're all assuming it's post, but what, what would, would you, what do you want it to be? It's a great question. It is a great question. Um, oh, gee. I think I think after solo makes sense just to help the narrative, help your audience. Don't overcomplicate it. If it's solo and it's Lando, just be like, "Oh, this happens before solo." That is the most Star Warsy thing ever. Maybe I've just contradicted myself. Maybe I'm like, "It is the most Star Warsy thing ever." Therefore, do it as a prequel. Why not? Um, I, I would do it after though you know I do it. don't give us the Falcon again don't do that don't give us L3 do something different do something different Calrissian Chronicles mm. by the way I've heard this is completely rumoured but do you want to hear a, do you want to hear a little cheeky tidbit always yeah, about Lando I've heard that even within Lucasfilm yeah it's not actually confirmed that Lando is a is a film this is it that's what I've heard this is it yeah, mate is even it the with, film that may not within, be a film within Lucasfilm 
they're like it's, yeah that's news to us and it's still it's still being referred to as a series apparently oh, what a rumor load of rumor rumor. rumor has it we could probably like if we were to label our episode different you know the redditors would be here like <gasps> scoop scoop it's not a scoop yeah it's it just what scoop. it's just rumor just rumor and i'm sure that probably lines up with a couple other people yeah that like have yeah. a better insight into it like bespin or something but i just thought i'd drop that here it's just like well, yeah, no. casual like you know rumor mill sort of like down the line yeah and i wouldn't say drop it, it like if there weren't hot. any yeah so anyway yeah that's uh i don't know what the heck is going on but it kind of plays into what you said mate because whatever <laughs> it, it's got to be post solo make it count make it worth yeah, it if you do it, it count, man. this money it and, and and like person hour into this the amount of people hour it's going to take to get into this thing make it count don't go pre-solo and be like oh donald glover looks five years older than he did in the first film now we've got yeah. the age and spend more money and no issue of l3 coming back but no. we've seen that story you know we've seen that story l3 is now part of the falcon and the falcon is with han i don't if you're doing it about lando i know this is going to you know potentially upset people but i don't care i don't need solo 2 if it, it, it to be lando if it's lando or a smuggler's tale whatever you want to call it make it about lando we've had a film mm-hmm. about han make this about mm-hmm. um, lando and it's not that i don't want solo 2 and all that i don't but i just don't think it should fit into it should be crafted into this lando film make it about him give give donald glover a chance to shine do it after solo carizian chronicles smuggler going to the bars chatting up anyone there who's willing to listen getting into gunfights and give us a swashbuckling story which we haven't had probably since solo just give us something a bit fun uh, you know of course it's going to it's all going to count in the continuity but just give us something that's easy breezy and a bit of fun and let the actor and the character's charisma shine let that be the story just let us have a little bit of fun for once in a star yeah. wars film um, and you know, after what you pulled, fine. Or the Battle of Tanab that mentioned in Jedi, save that for the books and comics because I love reading about it. Give us something new for this Lando film slash series, and do it post Solo for the love of all things holy. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> oh Done. well. What a what a Patreon section! Oh. Uh, <laughs> so good, so we're loving life over here. Let's just Why do it not? one more time. Here we go. So, so good. Yes, and Kieran, Stevie D, James, thank you so much for your questions. You got our, you got us talking. You got the blood pumping a bit there. We'd love to hear everybody else's answers to those questions. And for those who asked the questions, if you didn't answer your own questions, let us know because we'd love to know what your thoughts are on your own questions. So. Bantina has been an absolute blast this week, but sorry about the mess, bartender. That is it for our time here, but we are going to be back to cause more trouble same time again next week in the Bantina. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions game. game yes 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 each week we end the show with a star wars not star trek star wars themed game we alternate hosting responsibilities luke 
Pretty simple one this week, but do you want to know what mm. you're playing? Come on, mate. What am I doing? What are you doing it's, to me? It's title on the fly is, who did that song? Who composed these who did songs? Song? So I'm going to give you a couple of songs from uh, composers that aren't John Williams in Star Wars. And I'm okay. going to give you the name and I want you to tell me either the composer or I'll be kind what project it was from if it makes it a little oh, bit easier no. double points if you get the composer they're easy though okay. mate. easy you'll get these easy all money right. baby all right right you say that let's do it yeah. right let's do it play the music dj bish bash bosh love a bit of nosh the first one <laughs> nice and vague yeah. yeah the journey begins oh okay <laughs> so generic oh the journey begins what so oh it's just the title Did you that's say? the title yeah i ain't giving any music oh, i'm giving you the title I, of the song I, yeah i was thinking right the journey yeah, begins. No, you're not hearing uh, it. <laughs> da, 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 da. I think that is solo for some reason. Don't know why. You're wrong. It is Natalie Holt with Obi-Wan Kenobi. The journey begins. Oh, All right. How about on. this one? That actually uh, does make sense to some extent. Uh, go on. Let's go for this one. Chicken in the Pot. That's a real title. Chicken in the Pot. So this isn't John Williams, right? This isn't. Any, yeah, this is all of the. It, it's by one yeah. of the composers we've just been speaking about. Chicken. I'm just in the thinking pot. about. I was just thinking about um, Last Jedi, weren't I? Um, <laughs> chicken in the pot. I'm going to say that is a wild, wild. Uh, John Powell. John Powell. Why not? Round the barbecue. John Powell was correct. Yes, you get two points. John Powell for go. solo. Chicken in the pot. How about this one? The Narcis Anchorites. The Narkis Anchorites. Narkina. Narkis. And or Nicholas Pratel. No, nope. it's from Jedi Survivor. They're the lads who help um, Seer on Jeddah. I thought I thought it was going to be, you know, the aliens in the quarry in Andor. But oh, no. I was like, where are the weird aliens in Andor? Those and then freaks. In, in one scene, they just give it, give it to me. And they're just <laughs> and that's it. Oh, we're, we're over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, those weirdos. Okay, how about um, Teacher's Pet? Teacher's Pet. Teacher's Pet. Teacher's Pet. Interesting. I'm going to say Kevin Kiner. Sounds Clone Warsy. Well, I'm going to say it ain't. It is by Joseph Shirley from uh, The Mandalorian Season 3, I believe that is. Really? Yep, I think really? it's when Grogu's in the school or something like that, or when they're outside of the school, but it's, it's Joseph Shirley. Okay. Okay. I'll give you one more, mate, to get your pride mm. back. I'll give you two Go more because on. this one's too good to turn down. This one's called Spice Den. <laughs> We love a bit of spice. Uh, that's either Joseph Shirley again, is it? Because of Book of Boba Fett's Spice Den? It's Ludwig or He's Joseph? I love the confidence, mate. You would be wrong in saying that. Are you it's Natalie Hubble, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Spice Den that they take Obi you... to and all that. Die you. When does I'm that... Die Flee. Oh, no. That awful actor. He's so bad. Den. All right, Again, final... that's, another, that's another example of casting a Hollywood like a lister. Stupid, mate. In... Right. Final one, mate. Go on. Final go one. On. Yeah. You've got one out of five so far. So here we go. <laughs> You're like, it's easy. Don't worry, it's easy. <laughs> well here we go. Journey into the Star Cluster. 
journey into the star cluster. Easy. That could be. That Easy could money, be. Baby. That could. Is it? Is that it? Wasn't a hint, by the way. <laughs> okay. Journey into the star cluster. What Ten could seconds. that be? Uh, Kevin Garner. Bang on. Shot Kevin Garner. Rebels season two. Yes. Two out of six, mate, which in my head is about 30% correct, I think. 33%. Brilliant. Participation pulled- award. What? What? <laughs> yes. You pulled it out of the bag, mate. Some of the other ones on the list were open the door. Ludwig Jonsson, you fly, I'll shoot. Joseph Shirley. Open the, Coruscant- open the door, Mandalorian. I, I know knew that. you would have got that. That is Luke. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Coruscant Street Fair by Joseph Shirley was the other one I picked. Yeah. So, mate, two out of six. Ain't bad. Game over. So, well I would smash them. I smash them. Flaming it. I'm sorry. But you've got to mix up. You've got to mix up. It's not all just Mandalorian, is it, Luke? Another episode in the bag. What episode is this? 223? 223, mate. What a couple of sad sacks. 223 (laughs) episodes. Whoa, don't know how many months that is, but I love it, though. I love it, guys. I'm here for it. I love doing the potty. I'm glad that you're better, mate. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Should have set this up top, but oh, well. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have you back, mate. The podcast, love doing this, man. Great to be back, mate. And again, shout out to Diamond Dave Dunn for uh, his wonderful work alongside Lukey Boy at MCM Comic Con with the lads and ladies at Hasbro and just for being an absolute king and for Lukey yeah. Boy for well, making Comic Con a better place for everybody who was, hit, who was there by the sounds of it. Uh, so, and Fox. And the Fox. So I can't wait to be at the next one. So. Croydon Comic Con, we've got, or Croydon Star Wars weekend. We've got details coming up soon. Keep your eyes peeled for that. But that is yeah. that then for this Point. episode, mate, of Star Wars Sessions 223, where the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. Search for us on X, Instagram, yes. TikTok, Threads. Just search Star Wars Sessions and you'll find us. Easy. Easy as that. Email us. We love voice notes. We love messages. Whatever. Email be- us. Hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. Please don't forget about that Patreon, guys. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Loads of bonus content on there. Hours worth. Yeah. So please do that. It means the world. I'd say months worth, to be fair. Let's not undersell that. A lot of work has gone into that over the years and more to come. If you want to support the show for free, just keep doing what you're doing and listening we appreciate your ears but please do leave us a five-star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice including spotify you can do it in app now so scrolling up and do it five stars by the time we finish the episode you'd have done it you'll feel great about yourself as well those five stars stars those five stars really help the show grow introduce new listeners it's another way to hear from all of you each and every week oh cheeky and please tell all your star wars friends first tell your mum Tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your nearest composer, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin. The more the merrier, the castle spicier. Yes, tell your nearest Danny Roebuck, who thought Luke was his son, that this is a podcast you're looking for. It's true. So until next time from me, see ya. And from Luke. May the force be with you <laughs> always. Luke. Gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. Mm-hmm. See, Abba. Featuring Abba. Have you seen the Abba Voyage thing in I London? Have, yes. Crazy. Yes. Crazy. Worth a trip. Mate. Yeah. Hattily Nolt. <laughs> <laughs>
They are Essex-based podcast heroes.